Rob, we have this amazing tutorial on hair retouching only. Yeah. Why? Because hair is such an Achilles heel for retouchers. Oh, man. If you, if, if you get some images that have some weird hair with some, like, similar backgrounds, cutting that out could be a pain. It's a pain. And Seth McCullough, who has been around the block for a while and had to deal with a lot of hair, really understands the best way to handle it. And he's going to give you the secrets that you need to actually change your life when it comes to retouching hair. Hair's terrible. So if you want to learn about the most advanced and quickest way, actually, to cut out the most complex hair in the world, go to ProEDU.com where you can stream or download hair retouching with the retouchist, the one and only Seth McGruff. He's amazing. He's amazing. Welcome to the ProEDU podcast, where Rob and Gary talk and drink with your favorite photographers. So grab yourself a cold sarsaparilla and saddle up. It's the end of day three, and we're sitting down with Amy Shore from Amy Shore Photography, an automotive photographer here in the UK. That is correct. Yes. Hello. Amy, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. And we still have Rob Grimm here. Oh, you were expecting to lose me or something? Well, you've been drinking all day. No, Rob I started. That's, that's Rob's on his like 13th that's beer. That's my first today. beer, and I'm not even. That is not your first beer. You have two beers in front of you. What are you talking about? <laughs> He's had so many beers that he's forgotten. You're so <laughs> annoying. Yeah. It just doesn't stop. It doesn't. No. And it won't. I know. <laughs> it scares me. Amy, you crush automotive. Thank you very you, much. You are very good at it. How and why? I think you're the only woman ph- automotive photographer One, that, I know. that I know of. There's very few of us. Yeah. 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 There's, there's not very many of us at all. Um, so, yeah. No, I mean, basically, I started off as a wedding photographer and then um, got asked about four and a half years ago to photograph my friends. Um, they built a, a replica Ferrari P4 and... Um, yeah, I was just the person that had a nice camera that they knew and they said, hey, can you shoot this car for us? Um, I said to them, you know, I've never shot a car in my life. I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know if it's going to be any good, uh, but sure thing, I'll give it a go. Um, so I took all my knowledge of wedding photography and focused it on a car. And then it kind of started off my style in the car photography world and other people were like, hey, this is interesting. This this kind of marrying of photojournalism that you get in weddings to the automotive world and out comes this uh, kind of stuff I create now. It's a completely different approach to automotive work. I mean, nobody is doing it like this at all. It's well, a totally new approach. It, what was what yeah. the thing? The thing the night before I, I went to to do this car shoot, I, I googled how to photograph cars and like <laughs> everything. <laughs> that was probably the worst thing you could have looked exactly, up because yeah. every it threw you in a, a fit. I'm sure. Honestly, I, I saw these like multi lit like Photoshop cars and I thought oh my word I have none of this I have no idea what I'm going to do um, I'm just going to blag it and right. see how it goes um, yeah so that's exactly what I did yeah just blagged it, blagged so it. I'm still doing it now what's bl- wait, hold on. What's blagged it blagged it yeah you're, you're blagging it you, you're you just blagging kind of, it <laughs> it's a British you're Brit- winging yeah. it blagging it winging it you know yeah. you just I like that I'm going to use it. flying by the seat blagged of your pants kind of yeah, yeah. exactly blacking your way through it you kind of like if you show up to a place where you're not meant to be and you're just like yeah yeah I'm here I'm here with the band that kind of thing and you're blacking yeah, it yeah. and getting your way in do you know yeah. where flying by the seat of your pants came from Rob Grimm I don't actually would you, like fa- to, yes, would you like to would you like to check that thing? yeah so in the in the early days of flying uh, airplanes they had the joystick in the middle and oftentimes there wasn't a lot of you know uh, gauges or, or ways to know so the best way that pilots knew about whether or not their engine was going well or whatever was the vibrations coming up through their butt from the chair. 
And that's where the term flying by the seat of your pants came from because you would use the sensations that you got from the actual engine. What do you think of this, Amy? I can see the theory. Yeah. But it does sound like something that you kind of make up when you're around, like, your beer at the pub. We do have beers. And And Gary makes shit up all (laughs) the time. All right, so let's make a bet. Let's make a bet. How much would you like to bet that I'm right here? It's actually... it sounds kind of viable, which is the thing that's really bothering right? me. You, don't, you never like, know. Element of truth somewhere you in You never that. know if I'm telling the truth or not. You never know where you stand with me. That's that means problem. I got you right where I yeah, want you. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> the fucking problem. Fact checker, look it up. It's already done. Like yeah, that. yeah. And? Can you give me a drum roll out? Settle down with the drum roll. Jesus. He asked for a drum roll. He's right. He's Wow. wow. Impressive. Absolutely. That is impressive. You know why I know this? Because while, while, while stationed in Eastern Europe, we only had access to the AFN, which is Armed Forces Network. Oh, cool. So you learned factoids. And all the commercials are like facts from that. The, all the things that um, originated from Armed Forces. That's a good little factoid. I like it. Yeah. So that's how I know. That's that. pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway, back to you, Amy. I right. apologize for that. I was enjoying detour. flying by the city pants. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So you winged this first job completely. Yeah. And how did it get attention? Who saw it that said, "Oh, let's hire this gal"? I basically put the images onto social media, so like Facebook and Twitter. I don't even know if I had Instagram at that point. And then um, basically, very early on, somehow this um, really amazing car photographer called Easton Chang saw my oh, we images. We know him well. Oh, he's insanely We've cool. We've done a tutorial with him. Have you? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. He's such a cool dude. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's the best. And so he saw my images, basically, and uh, shared them on his um, Facebook page, which at the time had, like, I don't know, half a million likes or yeah. something on, on his Facebook. So that started off this snowball and... Like the uh, amount of followers, that, uh, not even followers, but just people going to my website to check out my work. I was like, holy cow, this is crazy. And so I thought, right, this is, if I'm going to be an automotive photographer, I kind of need to do something more than just hope that this is going to lead on to something. So um, basically, Petrolicious ended up contacting yeah, oh God, me. Yeah, I love Petrolicious. That stuff is beautiful, yeah. it really What's is. What's Petrolicious? I don't oh know about God, this. it's a fabulous site. It's all about cars. Um, classic cars, what people are doing with cars, and they, they do a lot of road trips and experiences of mm-hmm. old cars. Like, you know the Singer 911 that, I, that I'm crazy about? The Singer 911? Yeah. I know, 311. Stinger, Stinger. <laughs> Stinger. Yeah. Wait, is it, is it Singer or Stinger? Singer. Singer, Singer yeah. Mm-hmm. Singer or Stinger? Singer. 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 The Singer 911. Yeah. It's a, a Singer reimagined. It's the most amazing 911. Is it like a, no, they're in love with Porsches? Yeah. They make half million dollar Porsches. They oh. take the, they take the old nine nine four bodies, and they completely rebuild them. Everything is hand built. Mm-hmm. It, it it is stunning. Stunning. All right. Yeah. Beautiful. You like them, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have really? you ever shot one? No, I haven't. Will you? If something comes along, maybe you should buy one. Will, and you, let, will you let me know when you're going to shoot <laughs> yeah. a singer? Because I would love to be on. I'll For assist sure. you on that one. Yeah, you can do that. We'll go on like some road trip or something like that. I'd love it. Cool. Let's do it. That's basically all my job is. Like people come up to me and say. Hey, do you want to shoot this car? We're going on a road trip, and I'll pay you to do it. I'm like, cool, sounds good. And then that is my day-to-day job. All right. So, what's the day like? How how long do you go on the road with them, and what's what's it like? What's the job like? Oh, man, it varies completely from job to job. So, some of them will be like, um, okay, we've got this cool workshop. There's just going to be guys working in there. Do you want to come in the morning, hang out with them, and then see what kind of things you produce? Other jobs will be like, um, I don't know. Uh, Mini Classic Mini um, contacted me last year and said we're going to drive from from a place in in Munich in Germany to the west coast of Ireland for the international Mini Meet 
um, go on and come with us and shoot them. <laughs> International <laughs> mini meet. <laughs> oh my god, it's adorable. I, 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 awesome. I've got a mini the myself. Visuals I have in mind. Everybody just, <laughs> it just think lots of lots of people who drive minis of a kind of like all crazy custom versions, all meeting up, getting very very drunk and partying, and then camping with all, all these minis outside. So if, if you feel like you've walked back in time almost. Does and yours have the British flag on top? It does not. I'm afraid. Do you have a really old one or a newer I, one? I have a, but it's not really really old. It's 1985. Yes, I've got like a little roof rack on top and so when I go like road tripping I put like cases and, and extra petrol cans on the top and stuff like that and then drive around <sighs> and awesome. my steering wheel's from a 1962 AC Cobra so it's oh, quite cool. a big wheel for yeah. such a little car but it's great because you can really kind of like yeah drive it it feels like a really good right. one, to, one to drive. Have um, you always been into cars? No, not at no. all. No, my, so I've got a younger brother. So when we were kids, my dad is, was always like, son, we shall go out to the racetrack together. And so like at the same time, I wasn't that interested. It was always kind of them that kind of hung out. Right. But then um, I think w- when my brother learned how to uh, drive, he it was cheaper for him to buy a classic Mini and insure that and drive that as uh, rather than getting like a crappy old, like small, normal car. So he started off by getting that. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. I want one too. So um, I ended up getting one when I was about 19. Um, my dad has always been into cars. He used to work for Formula One and with, with the Lotus team. And then kind of, I don't know, rolled start from there, really. Mm-hmm. Um, he also liked going to things like the Goodwood Revival as well. And he said to me, oh, Amy, you'd love it. Just even if you're not that interested in cars, uh, just come along to it. And the atmosphere that you get is, is, is awesome. So I uh, went along with him, and that was they were actually one of my first clients because after this initial surge of kind of views, um, I photographed the, the the revival with him and sent good with the pictures, and then that's ended up basically they ended up seeing them because I sent them a Facebook message of all sorts to to say hey I don't know if you like these pictures but take a look and then like two months later they got back to me and said yeah you know we'd love to hire you for our next event and I was like oh okay let's uh, let's try this then so they were the two things that kind of kicked off my automotive career so. That's awesome. So yeah. when you get a job and you're given a car, how often does that happen? You have it for, let's say, a week or a month? or Usually it's, I wish it was a month, but no, usually it's kind of like for a week or a few, it's somewhere between like three days and a week or something like that. Um, so the I can borrow a car and then if I've got a job to, to kind of take it to, I'll go and drive it around and, and just enjoy it. But most of the time I like to take them on road trips. So, for example, um, I've just been in talks with McLaren. So they're going to lend me oh, one Jesus. of Yeah, I know, right? I'm, I'm like, okay, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? Um, so I'll borrow a car and then figure out a road trip just for fun usually and then just go and shoot at some awesome places around where... I mean, I live just down the road from here, so I've, like you can get most places in the UK in like three hours or something like that. So my access to loads of different locations is, is super, super easy to do. Right. So I'll just hop into the car and think right let's but you go. have the whole of europe as well i mean you're, I, you're close to everything exactly yeah i don't i'm not kind of if you've only got like a car for four days i think all right how far can i get in four days and then i don't know if i'm allowed to say i'm out of the country i've not tried have it you yet. thought about being late <laughs> just be like McLaren, I'm so, guys i, I got I a flat to... tire in switzerland <laughs> sorry I'll, I'll see you in about uh, right. another week yes right. i might try that next time i don't know if they'd let me another one but we'll give it a go we should have that one <laughs> exactly but i mean so like i get to kind of borrow motorbikes as well and um for for new year we borrowed this it's called a volvo amazon estate and it's a super cute car and yeah. you can oh, just so like we got it like you can it, the, the back of it's really flat and 
even though it was checking down with rain because we went to Wales and it always rains in Wales like we had champagne in there and then you've got like some popcorn or whatever it is and we watched the fireworks over like the local town and so it was super cute in this classic classic car um yeah so yeah, we this just looks like a 60s yeah i don't know what year it is like i don't know if i was in that blog or not i had a 66 volvo p1800 oh sweet it was the best such a great car. Yeah, this is the 60s for sure. Yeah, we we left that and we thought, oh, we've got to go and buy one. We actually went and uh, started arranging a viewing fee because we loved it so much. <laughs> and then That's we were cool. like, oh, we should probably buy a motorbike instead. So we did that. So did you know how to ride a no. motorbike before so then? When I started photographing cars and stuff, one of the things, especially being a girl in the car world, it was like, right, I need to somehow connect with my subjects because some of these guys were like, they didn't quite kind of trust me when I was like, I'd show up to their workshop to shoot them. And, and you know, this because some PR guy had said, you know, Amy's work is, is cool and we think it'd work with your workshop. I would physically show to the workshop, workshop at the workshop and they'd be like, oh, I, I don't know. They, they didn't quite expect to have some 23, 24-year-old girl show up and kind of like flit around the, the workshop. So <laughs> like trying to talk to people was sometimes a, and like kind of get them on my side or me on their side right. was, um, was, was kind of a bit difficult. So about two years in, I decided to learn how to ride bikes because quite a lot of bikers, like I didn't, I couldn't really connect with them either because it was, you know, completely different to the car world. So I learned how to ride motorbikes so I could talk to people more and have people trust me a little bit more as well. So, um, yeah. Is that I'm, scary? Yeah. When you freelance right? and you, and but for me, the scary bit was if I fall off, then I can't work. And that was a bit of a scary yeah. thought. But that's why I was shooting weddings. And as soon as I stopped shooting weddings, I did my bike test because I, because like, I think to myself, if I ever came off my bike or something, broke a leg or whatever, car shoots, you can kind of rearrange. Whereas weddings, you'd be screwed. So I was always worried about doing it until I finished, like completely quit the weddings and then was like, right now it's not as bad. So if I injure myself or something, then it's not going to be the end of the world for, for, for anybody. It's clear that that photojournalistic approach that you had with weddings, that kind of capturing the, the, the day, capturing that moment is what translated into the car photography. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about it resonates with people so much? I have my own opinions, but what do you think about it resonated so much with, with the audience and you? So that, that was a natural transition where it's like, right, this makes sense, the style. Um, it, so, like, how does the wedding photography... Yeah, because of... it's such a different approach from traditional automotive photography. Automotive photography is always so staged. Yeah. It's overly lit. Um, every aspect is perfectly polished. And yours, it's, you know, there's part of a car. There's just You're this saying it's slice. not perfectly polished? <laughs> what are you Actually, saying about her photography? Well, what I'm saying about her photography <laughs> is that she creates way more desire. People want to live that moment. They're far more into the moment of what that what the person is experiencing with that car. I, I think that's look at Rob so waxing poetic <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was that was that was really the thing, you know, the weddings. The idea of a wedding photographer is that when you want to relive your wedding day, you can look at back at your right. photos, or you know, if you've got a videographer, and relive that day. So, for me, the idea of taking that skill of retelling a story into the automotive world was kind of what I wanted to, to bring into that because there are so many incredible stories about the automotive world, and we hear so many, so few of those stories that become like kind of famous and well known we hear about the cars and the races they've won who own them and stuff like that and so the car becomes the celebrity not the people around it and and the stories around it i mean the only kind of famous story or one of the most famous stories is the um when the jaguar e-type got um got announced then this guy called norman dewis wrote uh, drove it from from coventry where uh, jaguar land rover base to the geneva motor show um like basically 
had to get thrown into this car and drive and he drew, drove through the night to try and get this car to this show in time and it's kind of a famous story and you don't hear too many of these cool stories and I think it's quite sad so um, trying to kind of show some of these these um, just all these these lives and these these people who who work in this this automotive world um, through photos and all the interesting things that come from that um, is kind of my aim I guess and weddings totally help me do that and I think there's a love affair component with it too mm. because weddings are clearly the story of a love affair right? yes people love their cars oh I mean people oh, yeah, yeah. are passionately in love with their cars mm-hmm. it's just it's such a uh, center of their lives so I think that that there's that connection too where yeah, it makes a sure. lot of sense I mean instead of photographing two people in love I photograph a guy that's in love with his car that he's right. had since you know he was 17 or that was passed out from his from his dad or, or you know there, there are oh, there's such an element of love in all of these these things even if it's not the same car it's it's the the love of everything to do with the the automotive world and um yeah it is as you said still a, a love story I guess yeah <laughs> I like that what's that crazy race it's somewhere off the coast of the UK and it's the most dangerous one, and the most people have died like since like 1960s. Is it a car or a motorbike race? Uh, it's car. I don't oh, know. No, 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 it's motorbike. Yeah, it's motorbike. It's probably the Isle of Man. Yeah. TT. Oh, Isle of Man TT. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Loads of people die in that. And like almost every year somebody yeah. dies. Yeah. Either whether it's a spectator, it's the most amount of spectators yeah. have died there too. I have mean, you ever been? No, I'd love to. I think it would be insane to shoot. Um, Is it hard to get to? I it's on an island, never right? tried. Yes, yeah. The, so the island, the island man. Island man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Where is that at? I don't know that much about it. I just did what you what you said earlier. Maybe our fact checker is looking that. up yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, Matt. You got to work. <laughs> did we interrupt you? Well, he knows all about it already. <laughs> I, I know about the Isle of Man. Okay, yeah. well, no, this thing. Lay it on me. <laughs> so we'll, Lay it on our listeners. Oh no! Don't don't put pressure on me. Yeah, yeah, give us some facts for he'll the Isle of Man. In, he'll fill in where you don't know. <laughs> Most of it. This is the thing. So if, because I've only been doing this for like four and a half years, everything I've learned to do with cars or motorbikes has been literally from that moment. There's. Okay, this is this story that I've been telling at my my talks at the, the photography show where I kind of kept this story quiet for since it happened basically because I was so mortified. So I Mo- had mortified, mortified, <laughs> <laughs> mortified, like this, it. Yeah, you can use that. You can use it. I'm gonna steal that. Yeah. Thanks. Can yeah. I do that? Yeah, yeah sure. Cool. No problems. <laughs> well, basically, like one of my first um, bigger shoots for for Jaguar Land Rover. Um, I was asked to photograph the side project that they were doing where they were, they just made like a prototype of a, a pedal car, like a pedal Land Rover. And they asked me to photograph this this prototype with the most famous Land Rover ever built, which was the very first one. It's also called Huey. So I'm waiting for this um, this pedal car to come down the road. And so, so I, I honestly, I've, I'm new to photography, uh, car photography in this. And I see this Land Rover coming down the road and say so the client next to me, I'm like, ah, that looks a, it's a bit big for a pedal car, isn't it? And they're like, yeah, it's because it's the, the real size one. I'm like, Wait, what's a pedal car? A pe- you know, like a kid's pedal car where oh, you yeah. sit in a tiny little yeah, car okay. and yeah. you pedal it to make it move. Sure. I didn't realize the size of like a classic Land Rover. I didn't know how big or how small they were. And so I saw this pedal car coming down the, uh, or no, this is this real life one coming down the, the road. And I thought it was the pedal car initially from a distance. And so... Yeah, I quickly finished that shoot and got that done with <laughs> because I, you know, I mistook the most famous Land Rover ever built for kids' pedal cars. <laughs> Were there a lot of people around you that heard you say Luckily that? Luckily not. There were only about three people, but even then I had well, to see that's this. not even a bad story. Well, I don't know. You've know, you got to have worse ones. Clearly she was embarrassed by it. What was worse is that the, the pedal car came along then and I was like, how the hell did I get that mixed up? Because honestly, I've laid, I've laid away in bed like thinking mortified <laughs> about about that that moment for years later. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I've so had some of my best memories in a Land Cruiser. 
the the second week I moved to Australia, I found out that they would allow me to rent a Land Cruiser cool. and go to uh, the largest sand island in the world. So I was like, yes, sign me up. Because in, in America, you have to be 25 to rent a car. Hmm. So this is me in my early 20s organizing this trip to the largest sand island in the world. And they give you a Land Cruiser completely stocked with camping gear. Cool. And you get to spend a week doing that. And I was like, all right. That's that was a mistake, but yeah. here we go. What yeah. did you do for your week when you had it? Uh, we just drove around. Uh, I don't even remember it. the name of this island. I don't even know the name of the island, but it is the highest density of... Uh, dingoes in the world and it's just off the coast of Queensland and we okay. spent a week just camping in a, a old discovery cool. that had like benches in the back so mm-hmm. you just loaded up your friends and just like what better than to do like a whole week just like spending in a, in a old Land Rover. That sounds like so much fun. Your work seems a little different than uh, other automotive photographers too in the clients that you have because I think of most automotive photographers and they're working for the manufacturer. Mm-hmm. You've got garages and collectors uh, and magazines and brands. Mm-hmm. You've got a much bigger variety. I suppose because um, think about new cars, they've not got a story yet. You've got everything about everything else has got a story, but brand new cars, they at the beginning of their story. So like my skills aren't necessarily in the commercial side of starting off that, like kind of showing it off and exactly, um, you know, everything it, it is to become. I'm good at capturing what's already where it's already been. So mm-hmm. a lot of it are things like... Um, yeah things like work, workshops are my favorite because there's there are so many things in there that show it, it like brand new clean workshops are quite difficult to, to shoot it's the ones where you you walk in you're like this guy has been in this workshop for the last 40 years and collecting everything right. under the sun to put into this workshop so there's tons of stories there yeah so much so and you can just some of the memorabilia that that kind of hanging around is is awesome and he opened um, one of the guys it's like um socket set and he's got about 30 wine corks in there as well as sockets (laughs) (laughs) you just think that's um they've been there for a while right um yeah so i guess it's simply because i get the people hire me for um for the storytelling more so than a car photographer so i do feel when people say oh you're a car photographer i i I kind of i agree with them and uh, i you know my subjects generally are cars but i do feel more of a photojournalist or a lifestyle photographer more so than you know my, my subjects just happen to be cars most of the time or motorbikes Sometimes boats and airplanes. So you have a, a pretty wide range of clientele. How do you know how to price yourself for each each one? It ends up having to vary depending on who it is, what it's for, you know how long it's going to be around for. Or it, it's the hardest thing I had to try and get my head around when I started off as a photographer. The thing, I, the best thing I, I did was I just started speaking to other photographers and I was really honest with them. I said, look, I have no idea what to charge. Where do I start? What should I, should I be aiming towards? Do I charge editing fee, usage fee, you know, production fees? And I had no idea. So quite early on, I met with one of Jagger Land Rover's like, main photographers called Nick Dimbleby. And he basically said... Dimbleby. Great name, That's a huh? good last name. <laughs> Nick Dimbleby. It's Nick Dimbleby. Name's Dimbleby. Is he British? Yes. He's got to be. Of course he's Dimbleby. He's great. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, he's he's insanely talented. And so, he, like, I sat him down. Oh, and he, you know, we had we had lunch, and he was like, I'm, you know, I'm getting quite a lot of work from Jagger Land Rover, and I want to be able to kind of recommend someone else as well for the things I can't do. And so he was like, okay, so for these guys, charge this. And I was like, that's, you know, that's double what I've been charging anyone else. You know, they, they won't pay me. And they're like, he was like, they will. And other people will pay you more for this. And, and you know, depending on what they want it for and who they are. And because, you know, if I charge a workshop who just want a few pictures for their social media and their website, the same amount that Jagalander will, will want to, to um, you know, use for their 
their social media, their websites, and the amount of exposure that it'll get, the yeah, amount completely of... Completely different completely, Exactly. So you can never have one price for all. It does have to kind of be a job-by-job basis. And sometimes it even boils down to, okay, this sounds like it's going to be an awesomely fun job, but it's not a good, well-paid one. You just think, do I want to do it or not? And then you have the other jobs where it's like, this is going to be really boring, but they're paying quite well, so I'll put up with it and kind of get through it. And so you do have a mixture, and part of it is enjoyment. So... One of my my um, my jobs was Triumph. Went over to the Bonneville Salt Flats with mm-hmm. a guy called Guy Martin, and I don't know if you guys know. He's not. He, I think he's more famous in the UK, but he does a lot of the Isle of Man TTs as well. He's insane, and if anybody was going to go like 400 miles on a on a motorbike or have as fast they were going to go, he would be the guy to do it. And so we went out there and just shot for the week. But they said to me, look, you know, because I was tagging along. They were like, we, can, we can't pay for you to, to be there, but we can pay for all your flights and expenses. And I thought, this sounds like it'll be so much fun. And I am just tagging along because I asked if I could. And, yeah, absolutely, please, like, like let me go. And it was ins- a really awesome, awesome week. So, yeah, that's kind of how the pricing works. <laughs> so how are you going after clients that you want to work with? And do you have any dream clients now that are on your bucket list? No, there's there's some, not not necessarily clients, but certain jobs that I'd love to do. So I, I suppose one of my dream clients, but from a different point of view would be Tesla. So I think that is going to be a really cool future, everything. And I'm a massive kind of like Elon Musk fan. And so to yeah, photo- he's an amazing man. Exactly. I'm, I'm slightly worried that he's going to turn up to be some like super villain that's going to take over the world because he seems the kind of person <laughs> yeah. that would be. And so yeah. I'm really hoping that he's actually a really nice guy and, you know, it's going to be changing literally humanity. But it, or it might just completely flop. I have no idea. But I think what he's doing is really cool. Um, and it, at least... Um, I don't know, inspirational, just to try and do the things that he's doing. I read that he schedules his day out by the five-minute clock wow. of time. That's, I, that, I, I don't imagine. even know how that's possible. Like, <laughs> no, Every I've, five minutes completely doing something else? He, yeah, he's got so many different things he's doing. Uh, it's yeah. crazy. It's really I mean, building cars, building trucks, building rockets, building hyper one loops I mean, mm-hmm. he's what isn't the guy doing yeah. uh, exactly so Pretty i mean remarkable he would probably be one of my i suppose dream clients just to kind of photograph i don't know his life for a week a month or something like that but like people follow prime ministers presidents and photograph their lives for over their their, their terms and i think something like that following somebody's life for a certain amount of time would be really good fun um but i mean otherwise certain jobs things like i'd I'd really love to go on like an Arctic trawler fishing boat or something for a month and just photograph. Again, people's lives. I'm interested in people's lives mm-hmm. more so than the car side of things. And yeah. um, as I said, it's the, the the stories of what I fell in love with and the cars seem to allow me to, to tell cool stories all over the world. So, and, you know, cars yeah. are pretty cool. Right. <laughs> I read that they're also, or Elon is, is trying to launch the, 600 to 900 uh, satellites for internet, worldwide internet, hmm. with like three simple plans for every single person on the world to have easy wow. access to the internet. And that also to great. combat, you know, everything that Price Congress gadget. is trying to do yeah. with, you know, you know, forcing you to pay for certain like Facebook.com. Yeah. You know, that, Net that neutrality bullshit. for yeah. real. Yeah. So good. we got Elon Musk watching our back for <laughs> free internet. How cool is that? That's, That's great. Cool. Let's hope he does it. He's apparently, I think I figured out that, um, I can't remember um, what year it was, but by the time I'm about 18, 90, he's intending to have a million people on Mars, living on Mars. And to be able to see that in like our lifetimes would be insane. I, I, if, yeah, what, see, what I'm year, not interested in that. What year would that be? Uh, I don't know. I need to figure that oh, out. I'm okay. 26 now, so. 
number of but years. But you said by what year? By the time I'm about He's 80, 80. She's oh. 80 90, 90, something like that. I don't that. know that I would want to live on Mars. No, I don't think I could. It's I mean, dry. Yeah, it's really <laughs> dry. You get nosebleeds for sure. What would it take for you to live on Mars? I wouldn't. I mean, still, like, how long would it? How long does it take to get to Mars? Fact checker, you better years. start. Like, well, there's a the thing. I don't know because if you uh, if you go from Earth to Mars, then it's going to take. Because um, I guess you've got to wait for your, um, you know, your, your the time you, you the planets are closest together to, before you can kind of do that that jump. But if I have no idea, this it's is still like of, it's like a five year trip or something. Crazy, oh, I didn't. Isn't I thought it was eight months. I didn't think it was that long. About the 300 days. Oh, it's not oh, bad. Yeah, every, every two years, depending on where yeah, we are. Yeah, it'll be like an elliptical we're, orbit. Yeah, we're like you couldn't even watch a fraction of Netflix <laughs> in that amount of time. <laughs> if you just go exactly. with Netflix uh-huh. and Netflix sponsors the thing, you're good. But, but you know, treadmill do and Netflix like freeze you while you're you know and put you asleep for no, those three hundred days and you wake up you and need, they throw it, you. It's out. only three hundred days. You don't need to freeze I, you, you for three hundred days. Science fiction movies. I'm just thinking. Yeah, but then the other thing is like not freeze. very hard. If you went to the <laughs> <laughs> if you if you went to like the moon first and then they built some form of space station on the moon. There's le- much less gravity, so you don't need to. Yeah. I don't know if that would have. I, I'm not a scientist or a physicist or anything like that, but I don't know if that would have some form of effect to kind of get there quicker if you kind of do a little stop off at the moon first. I don't know, but whatever it yeah, is, put like cool. you know. A, so would you go? Indian plates there mm, for food. Get back. Yeah, <laughs> a little stopover. <laughs> I doubt you can. Yeah. We're no, having a hard time getting Indian food here. I we heard it was well, everywhere in Birmingham. Yeah, you're in We're one of the best places to get Indian food. All right, really? You gotta yeah. hook us up. Why with can't a, we, we? We can't find it. You gotta ask some locals. Don't been, go on TripAdvisor or anything like that. No. You gotta ask some locals and say, "Where's your best Indian?" Because we, you know, honestly, we, we I've recently moved house. My boyfriend and I are now like checking out all the Indian restaurants that are close by to us to see which ones are the best Indian restaurants. And there are certain ones which will always be better than others. Mm-hmm. If you walk into the restaurant and the restaurant is pretty nice and you know it's all kind of color coordinated, it's not. That's it's not, not you want to walk in no. and there's blue and green neon lights kind of flashing around everywhere and there's bad music playing and th- you can tell the carpet's not been re- like Clean changed exactly yeah. they are the best restaurants right. so yeah talk to some of the the local guys and all the people that are like staff here they will be able to help you out mm. <laughs> you've got to try some good food one of the things i love about being a photographer you wind up learning about things that you never would expect to totally yep. certain jobs just throw you into a realm that you're like i had no idea i was going to learn about that exactly well what was it? i was literally talking to a photographer yesterday about yeah. this how we end up um we end up seeing like snippets of people's lives who have spent years to get to that place and right. we get to kind of see that moment of their lives so you end up experiencing the point of all these different people's lives and depending on where they've get kind of come to and got to and so, so yeah, carry on, what are, no 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 what are some of the stories or some of the things that you have learned as a result of being an automotive photographer that you never would have expected that just came out of the blue for you oh man um motorbikes as a whole i suppose because yeah. i would never have even thought about my honestly my mum would have killed me if i had <laughs> <laughs> it's only because my brother did it first that right. we were like okay yeah we can right. we can do this um other things I've learned, uh, just any anything to do with cars. I knew nothing before I started, and now I have a much much better idea about how they work. Right. <laughs> about um, anything to do with yeah motorbikes, um, the history behind things. Um, and uh, also, I end up getting on some random shoots. Like I was on a, um, a kind of a deep fishing diving shoot for a watch company. So you end up learning about stuff like that. But I have one of the worst memories in the world. So. People it's not true. Of, what, Rob so, Grimm has uh, the worst memory in the world. <laughs> and really? You, oh, you reckon? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Like, 
my boyfriend will tell me something, we will finish the conversation. I will ask him a question about something that we've just spoken about. And I, I, I can't hold on to it. I'm mm-hmm. really Rob bad. doesn't know where we're at right now. <laughs> well, you've been in the, the, this about? room all day. <laughs> we're in Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really great to be here, you know. The neighborhood's great. Yeah. What do you think of Pittsburgh, Amy? <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> you got a weird accent for Pittsburgh. <laughs> Said I, you're from here. I did. I'm yeah. a local lady. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it is great because you do get to learn all these little bits kind of from, um, around, yeah, around these people's lives. And what's great is that I forget them and then I meet, re-meet them. And I'm like, hey, it's nice, nice to meet you. And they're like, hey, we've met before. I'm like... Cool. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, oh, hey. like it is. How you been? How you been? So I, I, um, I probably shouldn't say this in case anyone that I've forgotten the name of listens to this, but if I'm on a shoot or, like, for instance, one of the big events like the Goodwood Revival, I meet people that I've spoken to maybe a number of times before, and I've still forgotten who they are and the, or the name. And if I've got somebody with me, I will go, oh, hi, you know, this is, for instance, my dad. Here's my dad, Andy. And, and they'll go, hi, my name is John or whatever. And I'm like, right. John, that's it. We did this. And then I can talk about it. So right. I use the kind of like them for introducing themselves. Oh, yeah. Classic to, move. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You got to use your loved one. For like, oh, yeah. The, it's my wife, Virginia. And you're like, Virginia. Like, <laughs> Ask them what their name is quick. Yeah. <laughs> there's, so, there's a, I, I think there's a two to three second gap where if they don't ask, yep. you're like, I just start panicking. Like, oh, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes I actually brief yeah. my boyfriend beforehand. I'm like, please ask this person's name because I can't remember it. And right. so he, he's great at that. He's, he's that. been briefed. <laughs> um, so yeah, but no, I can't remember any specific stories off the top of my head. I'm sure I'll leave here and remember them. Right. So besides your memory, what do you struggle with the most in your line of work? Ooh, I, I have this thing where I, I really, I don't like not getting on with people. And so sometimes people in this industry can be really like frustratingly like awkward or not very nice or I don't know, just you don't click. And so... I almost become a bit geeky. I'm like, hi, hi, please like me, hi. And so it becomes like, I suppose also being a freelancer, I don't know if um, if anyone else is like it, you you end up having to be this like kind of professional self all the time and not necessarily being professional, but you've got to be likable. You think if people don't like you, you won't get hired. And so some clients will say to me, or have said to me in the past, it's, you know, there are a hell of a lot of photographers out there, but we basically hire the ones that we like to hang out with. And so sometimes yeah. that can be difficult to try and think to yourself, mm-hmm. I must be liked. So you end right. up really thinking, overthinking about what you're saying, what you're doing, how you're perceived. And that can be quite difficult, kind of just processing that all the time. And I mean, if you don't care, awesome, because it's, right. a, it's a great way to say like my boyfriend, he just doesn't care. He's a, he's a super chilled out dude. And he will just be like, yeah, whatever. But I'm a bit more like, no, I need to make sure that I've, I've got my clients and I've got, you know, I will continue to, to, to get, get work. And um, I think you can over stress about things like that. And it's a really difficult thing to let go of, especially if you've uh, like, I've only been freelance for four, four and a half years. Maybe if I've done this for 10 years or something like that, I'll chill out a bit more. Mm-hmm. But at the minute, I'm like, no, must get a client base and so um yeah no that's probably something i struggle with i guess um yeah i think that's one of the biggest things earlier in the podcast you talked about um you know being a woman kind of entering these garages Mm -hmm. and stuff you weren't always necessarily taken seriously um they just weren't sure of you yet because this is i mean it is kind of a man's world i hate Mm -hmm. to use that cliche but it's true it is so i'm also really curious about you as a woman what have you learned about yourself um, about being a woman that mm. you didn't expect by entering this man's world? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I guess that is seeing when you kind of like become a, a, a female in the car world, suddenly, because you, you go into it thinking, I am the only one here. And then mm. other kind of women come up and they're like, hey, I'm here too. And oh, hi, I'm here too. And you end up thinking, oh, okay, so there are more of us around here. We just don't always feel like we can 
actually come out and say hey and and I kind of almost make our own mark so I've now met as uh, like I was talking to girls earlier about engineers that are great female engineers and um like but also hearing about other, other their struggles as well so there's this fantastic woman called Elspeth Beard who was the first woman to ride a motorbike around the world and she did it when she was 23 and she's I don't know maybe in her 50s now or something and um so when she was 23 she emailed like uh, emailed emails around she put she (laughs) she sent letters (laughs) to all these these, um like car magazines uh, uh, bike magazines and said and like to BMW as well and said hey I'm gonna do this trip would you like to sponsor or can you sponsor me would you know would you like me to write articles on on my on the trip and and kind of like send them back to you and then she got such sexist responses back saying like oh are you going to take your six foot two husband with you to to keep you Mm. oh just and i think it's going into the car uh, the car world you you don't always expect um i mean I, i kind of think it's all kind of fine now and you know there's so many women that are coming in out into kind of male orientated um businesses and making their own mark but there's still definitely something that i think females feel like they can't quite do that just yet or they don't feel like they fit in and um there's it, it, it's interesting that there's still kind of this um yeah i suppose this issue with with that but there are there are groups that are kind of completely combating that so there's a bike group in london called vc london and they're just like biker girls but they're so cool and they're venture capitalists yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> they yeah no i think that when you said six foot two did you say six foot two because you think we don't understand meters or do, you, do you think in feet as well, well this, did you convert that quickly i am no no, <laughs> no this is this is the funny thing about the past bridge we, we we kind of we do some of us will still go like my well, no, we still do miles we don't do kilometers or anything yet but we everything is measured in like centimeters and meters and mm-hmm. so but height apart from the height if you talk about your height you are still feet and inches and in uh, the uk you are oh, yeah you yeah, say yeah. it in feet and inches yeah the brits are very confused we are very so confused. you're like you're halfway between half- the metric right. exactly yes but if you Whoa. want so we so so my boyfriend and i extended our, our shed recently so we've got a bigger bike shed now and um we, you know you go to the wood yard to go and get all, all the all the, the wood and so we're saying it in um in the thing centimeters but they're quite old school so they're like what's that in feet and inches and we're like i have no idea <laughs> so it's it, it's a very confused nation wow yeah <laughs> i don't I've, I've never thought of uh, the british as european is that weird no yeah. it's not it i mean because but i don't know exactly. i don't think it is weird because we're on our own little island you kind yeah. of we're kind of it's, separate it's anyway it's not part of the mainland yeah you guys drive on the opposite side of the street yeah your plugs for the walls are different <laughs> it's you speak english yeah. and you don't use the euro i mean there's Correct. five so reasons th- there's right quite there quite a lot of reasons uh, to not think well yeah and, and quite frankly i mean at one point the, the british empire owned a third of the world there you know that. i mean it was like the leader um yeah, way to blow that know. one. Yeah. No, well, no, no, no. I just, I, but I'm thinking, you know, I don't know. I've always thought of it you, as being European. Do most Maybe British I think of themselves as Europeans or like, no, I'm British. I'm not European. And it's the whole Brexit thing. Well, I can, you know, yeah, we feel, even before Brexit, I feel really like that Brexit makes us all very sad. And so yeah. I've not yeah, met sucks. anyone that said, oh, now I voted out. And so maybe it's just the kind of people I'm talking to. But um, yeah, no, that makes us sad as quite as a whole, I think. Um, yeah. But I think we are, you know, very proud to be British. And I suppose I don't, I've never heard anyone really say yeah, I'm European. You always say I'm British or something like See, that. See, so, Rob? But I've never actually said to somebody. Yeah, yeah no, I think I think that the Brits are incredibly proud of their heritage, as they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, He's changing his answer now. No, Earlier he was like, no, they're all European. 
They think of themselves as European. We were arguing about it earlier. We almost came to fisticuffs again. <laughs> well, I have to say, I've never actually talked to another British person and said, by the way, do you, uh, do you see yourself as European or British? It's just never a question. I'm going to ask that tonight at dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all right. <laughs> I'll get back Maybe to this you. Might start I think you'll get different wave. responses from, from people. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and, I, and perhaps if you put it in different periods of time, too. I mean, certainly if you look back at World War II, and this was, you guys were not separated from Europe by any stretch of the mm-hmm. imagination. That was a very connected time let's say yeah um so i you know i think it depends on people's perspective mm-hmm. yeah for sure i think yeah we will say we're, we're british but we definitely want to kind of stay best mates with the rest of europe yeah. Are you sure you do <laughs> well yeah we want to stay the best of, of course that's pretty yeah, so the brexit thing's quite sad yeah i'm, s- I'm sad <laughs> for you guys it's unfortunate well way to end it on a bad note Rob. <laughs> i'm not gonna end it on a bad note i'm gonna yeah. end it on a note more. that i <laughs> love your work thank you you're awesome you're absolutely (laughs) crushing it i love seeing the work that you're doing i'm really excited for your career and uh, i can't wait to see the rest of the stuff that you do and i just want you to go out there and crush it because your work is stunning and guys you need to go out and check out her work because and gals amy's pretty inspirational (laughs) not just guys rob (laughs) all the people all the people all the people people. Mm -hmm. yes no no, thank you so much i think the thing i like wish wish i could tell more people and it's the reason why i'm sitting here today chatting to you guys is you know if an opportunity comes along and you're not sure if you can do or not you've got to say yes and then figure it out later and just like take people don't always have enough faith in themselves to take these opportunities that sometimes get given to them and you just have to run with them because otherwise it's just you stay in a little comfort zone and i don't know it's yeah it's that's if I had if I you know looked at the car photography and thought oh I don't do car photography and then decided not to shoot that first car, I definitely wouldn't be here. So no. just kind of take whatever looks exciting and think yeah all right give that a go if it doesn't work it doesn't work if it does we'll see where it goes. Yeah, <laughs> well it's wonderful and I'm excited for you. Cool, thank you very much. So where can everyone go to follow you online and check out your work and interact with you and all that? Uh, I suppose my Instagram is the easiest thing to get to, which is at Amy Shaw Photography. You know, just easy. Oh, but the thing is, people I say that to people and then they're like, "Oh, is it Shaw like S H A W?" And I'm like, "No, no, that's Shaw. Exactly, it's Shaw. S H O R. Shaw. There's only one way to spell Shaw. Like the Shaw. Yes, exactly. Otherwise, I've got my my website, which is IamShaw.com, which is also. S-H-O-R-E. <laughs> well, so what's your other website? Amy Shore Photography. Well, I have got that, yeah, but I didn't like that as much, so I changed it to I Am Short, but it just redirects to I Am Short Photography. Oh, it just redirects. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a favorite car? <gasps> oh, apart from my own Mini. Yeah, apart from your Mini. It's got to be one that you, you lust after that you haven't acquired yet. I will never acquire this car. What is it? Well, now with that attitude, Amy. Twenty million pound Ferrari 250 GTO. Twenty million yeah, pounds. That's, it's like I didn't even know there was a twenty million dollar car. It is like the most expensive car you could ever ever purchase. Let's what be year? realistic here, Amy. <laughs> what year? Uh, I have no idea. Some sixties. Yeah. I don't know. Various, I suppose. Um, is but there only like a couple left? There's quite a few actually. What's funny is that I think there's a part of the reason why they're so expensive is that they have quite a lot of hype. There's, there are cars that are much more rare than they are, but the um, yeah, they have somehow got this this interest in and they are beautiful beautiful machines and i got to photograph one um last last summer but the owner of the car is a very private man so i'm not allowed to show any of the photographs so i got to photograph my dream car that's all day awesome. and driving it and uh, yeah and that's awesome but i'm not allowed to show any pictures he didn't let you drive it though did he? no i wish he did yeah. i got to just get but it was just cool because basically we just hopped into the car and then my, my driver was like so where are we going and i said like, oh, i've got this little route plan and so we just off we went in this 20 million pound car and just you know drive around the streets in it and um that was super fun day um but otherwise i don't know a bit more achievable and probably a jaguar e-type 
Um, right. They're beautiful, very classic, very yeah. uh, quite, quite again, quite a common classic car. But you uh, are a classic car girl. Yeah, yeah definitely. Right. Not, I'm not a new car girl. You right. classic <laughs> rock kind of girl too. More, yeah, classic rock yeah. is yeah, yeah, kind of like anything. Creedence, Zeppelin, yeah. Rolling Stones, yeah. <laughs> Blues. Is that, is that what's playing in your classic cars? <laughs> what plays? Are that? you stuck in that time period like me? Oh, I, well, it's more kind of like anything between I don't know the '60s and the '70s. Yeah. Are my kind of like couple of decades. And my very first car. 1964 and a half Mustang. Nice. Have you still got that? No. I don't want to talk about it. Biggest regret of my <laughs> life. I had to, uh, sold it to pay for college. Uh-huh. And uh, college. Here's, here, you want to know the m- most messed up story? Come on. This is about six months ago, talking with my dad, and I brought up the fact that, man, I really regret selling that car. And, you know, it, granted, like, it, the underside was, like, rusting out. And it needed a lot of work. And I was moving away to college, and they didn't want me to have a car there. So... All right, yeah, we're going to expensive school. Let's sell the car that I, you know, helped rebuild. And my dad's like, you know what? I about eight months ago, and this is six months ago, so it's about a year and a half ago. He's like, you know, I got contacted by the state saying that the person we sold the car to never re-registered it in their name, and they racked up for you know whatever it was, ten years, all these parking tickets, Oof. and then it got repossessed and towed, and the tow company was basically contacting us saying that for. Maybe like I think the bill at that point was like two grand or like twenty five hundred bucks. Yeah, we could have gotten the car out of the tow yard, and we still owned it. it w- and you didn't? No. And I was so pissed at my dad. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. He's like, I didn't want you to deal with it. And, oh, no. and our, my dad's neighbor <laughs> works for the FBI, and he was just like, do not do that under any circumstances. Like, of course he'd fucking say that. Yeah. Of course he's obligated to tell you that sort of <laughs> advice. So then I then he couldn't find the paperwork and we couldn't find it. Have you checked yeah. like on I don't know if you've got the equivalent to we've got the DVLA over here and I don't know what it is in the US but can you search like the reg plate to to see if the car is still not registered because um in the UK if if you've still got if you're still registered like with, with to have a car but the car you don't know where it is you can kind of ha- have them hunt it down or, or find see it and see where it is. You do it under VIN number, yeah. Yeah. Cuz it might what? still be around. If if I can find that paperwork Maybe that. Maybe he does have it. Maybe we can't. Maybe there's still a hope for my car, <laughs> Rob. I've been wanting to do the same with my '66 P1800, but I can't. I don't know the VIN number. I can't find evidence of that VIN number. I want to know where that car went. I would buy it back in a heartbeat. There's got to be a record of it somewhere, right? Like what? I've looked VIN through number? all my dad's stuff too because he bought it. Wouldn't the state have that? Like what car you owned at no, some point? Be, no, because my dad bought that thing in '67. Com- they didn't have computer. We records. could find it. Right. We'll hire someone. Well, hire like a car matlock. Yeah. He's got to exist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's find him. All right, will you promise me? Promise me. I promise. That we can cruise around in a, in a singer together? Absolutely. We'll do it. Awesome. We'll road trip it. I love it. I'm there. Cool. Oh, yeah. Well, it was a pleasure meeting you. A um, pleasure meeting you guys talk. This is a good talk. This is a great way. Fun. We just talked about cars and taking pictures. Yeah. yeah. This is the last podcast of day three. Yeah. It was a good one. Marks our love third it. day here at the photography show. Cool. Love in day. the UK. Yeah, we good. just got to find that Indian food. Yeah, you definitely got to have some good Indian food before you leave here. It's right. like honestly, Birmingham is one of the best places you can get for Indian food in the world. <laughs> Less, Leicester, Birmingham, and Bradford—you're like the best. Those are the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we have screwed up completely so far. <laughs> Let's fix it up tonight. Yeah. Good luck with that. All right. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. To download this podcast in all of season seven, go to rdgedupodcast.com and don't forget to check out our car tutorial that we did with Easton Chang at rggedu.com where he's going to learn you all the car tricks. Maybe not all of them because Amy's got a whole bunch of car oh, yeah. tricks. Yeah, if Some you want to learn... Maybe we should do a new tutorial. Oh. 
how to take cars, pictures of cars, but not how to steal cars. How to steal pictures of parts. How to take cars. How to take cars. Just, with just get them with, with Amy Shaw. <laughs> Cheers. Long exposure portraits with photographer Jake Hicks. If you want to learn about gels and long exposure, Jake Hicks has two fantastic tutorials where he teaches the entire colored gelled workflow and long exposure portraits. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's really cool. You know the, the most remarkable thing about that tutorial? He was, that, us, he was using a $300 camera. I thought the most remarkable thing was it was Jake, who's a remarkable dude. One take Jake. One take Jake. Man, we love that guy. He's the best. He's fun. If you want to learn from probably the most recognizable colored gel portrait photographer in the world, he's on ProEDU.com. His only downfall, he does not know how to eat bacon. He doesn't. He does. He likes that crappy bacon. Ugh, it, bacon. Yeah, it's not English, even bacon. English, Stop, don't call it English bacon. bacon isn't even cooked. It's not even. ProEDU is now unlimited. Get access to every single tutorial. Sign up at ProEDU.com today. About you, I'll take cover of that. This podcast is officially over. See you next time. Never stop.